Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Have you tried finding tickets for any live event lately? It's impossible to keep up and prices are crazy. That's why you have to check out Gold Star. Gold Star makes it easy to discover the best in live entertainment in your city with instant access to awesome events and special ticket deals. Concerts, live theater, comedy, dance, food fests, immersive experiences. You name it, Gold Star has access to special deals you won't find anywhere else with savings of 50% or more. Go to goldstar.com and use code DCPOD to save $10 on your first purchase. That's goldstar.com, code DCPOD to save $10. Why do you write? What keeps you going when things aren't working out as you think, when the books aren't selling, when we get sick, when life happens? What keeps you going? Well, hey, this is Ryan J. Pelton from the Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 92, coming at you. Lynn Hinton is on the show today, and she's going to talk about what motivates her to keep on going, even when it gets tough. But first, some intro music. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is your Prolific Writer Podcast host, Ryan J. Pelton, the podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, often, and well in no particular order, helping you get unstuck helping you get those words on the page, helping you build a business with your art and all kinds of good stuff. Well, episode number 92 is coming at you today. Lynn Hinton is on the show. So excited to have Lynn. She is a New York Times bestselling author with 20 plus books in print. And uh, Lynn just shares some great things uh, with us today. And I, I will say this, some tears may have been shed. And uh, it just shows you just the, the power of, of writing and the craft and art and what it can do to us and how it can help us. And you're going to love this very honest, very raw uh, 
conversation with Lynn and her ups and downs as a writer, as a traditionally published author, as a best-selling author, and even how the publishing landscape has changed. And she's going to talk about that and what she's doing about it. And you're going to love this, this episode. Well, hey, it's 2019. We're in February, the second month of the year. I hope your year is going well. Hope you're getting those words on the page. And hey, if January was a stinker, it's okay. We all have stinker months. Keep on going. Keep on working at it. Uh, this this week, I got a couple nice emails from a couple folks saying how much the show meant to them, and uh, really just the kind of the inspiration and kicking the pants that they need. So I'm really thankful for that, and and that's why the show's here to to kind of be that metaphorical kick in the pants or literal kick in the pants that we need to just keep on going. To know you have a community behind you, you have a group behind you that are pushing you along uh, to to become a prolific writer, and uh, and that's why we're here. That's why I do this show, and uh, sharing whatever I can share, and uh, whatever I'm learning along the way, and and uh, and all the great guests that we have and and so um i, I want to let you know uh, just as we're talking about these things is uh, if you haven't checked out the prolificwriter.net where the podcast is hosted it has tons and tons of writing resources articles and other things but right on the front page are three free resources go check those out um, wherever you are on the journey, uh, some are just some motivational things. Some are some plans of getting your business off the ground and just some, some things to think about. Um, and, and other things are, are a little more, uh, craft related. Uh, but check those out. They're all free and they have, uh, some videos with them as well as just some short videos that I shot. And, uh, hopefully those will help you out. Um, and you, your writing journey wherever you are and, uh, to get more words on the page. Cause that's why we are here. And so, uh, thanks for listening in and thank you for all your kind comments and reviews and, uh, and all the, the many downloads. We're so thankful for that and uh, getting the show out there. So thank you for that. And I'm so thankful to have chatted today with Lynn Hinton and Lynn is going to give us some great writerly love. So here is my episode with Lynn and I'll talk to you real soon. Well, hey, welcome everyone to the Prolific Writer Podcast. I am so privileged today to have Lynn Hinton on the show. And uh, Lynn is a New York Times bestselling author. She has over 20 books in print and uh, have a lot of great things to talk about. She has a very interesting life and vocation. And uh, I just want to say thanks, Lynn, for coming on the show. And why don't you uh, tell us a little about yourself? Thank you, Ryan. Let's see. Um, I am presently working as a hospice chaplain, so I'm actually on the road to make my next visit. So I couldn't. Um, stop because I need to get to this patient's home. But anyway, um, I my love is writing, and so there are years that I can make my living doing that, and then there are years that I cannot. So my other profession is that I'm ordained in the United Church of Christ. So I work either as a settled pastor or an intentional interim or as a hospice chaplain. So those are I'm usually doing one of those four things, writing or working as a pastor or working as a chaplain. Well, that's great. And uh, yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show was, uh, you know, we have a lot of people in our community listening to the show and, uh, you know, starting out writing, but most of us have, you know, day jobs and, uh, you know, balancing the writing and the art and, and whatever else responsibilities we have. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that, kind of your, your journey into, you know, arts and writing and ministry and all of that. 
and uh, how that all all kind of came to be. So why don't you start a little bit, just kind of how did the writing bug begin? Yeah, I think um, I I didn't think so much about writing as a career until I was in seminary. Um, I always written. It is the way that I say that I get to my truth. So I've always journaled because I'm kind of an emotional and sensitive person. So I would feel a lot of things and not be able to identify what it was. So I could write and name some things and then get to whatever it was that I needed to get to um, inside of my, you know, my own truth and sort of know what was going on. So I've always written but never thought about writing as a career until I was in seminary. And I went to um, Pacific School of Religion in Berkeley, California. And there was a big focus there at the time that I was in seminary in the late 80s on theology and the arts. So I was able to take some amazing classes like Harlem Renaissance literature, Third World American literature. Took a great class by Dr. Katie Cannon um, entitled Black Women's Literature Toward a Constructive Ethic. And so it was it was at seminary and in these classes where I really came to love the art of storytelling. And, and certainly as a Christian, our, our faith is built on these stories and Jesus was a great storyteller. So I think I've always been drawn to good stories. And so finally, when I was in seminary, I, I realized there was a way to, um, what, I guess, connect my vocation as a storyteller um, with my desire to serve others. Well, that's great. So, so tell us a little is, you know, what specifically when you were in seminary and they're talking about the arts and faith and religion, kind of tying those, those things together, what, I mean, how did you see kind of your, uh, you know, desire or ability to tell stories? How did you see that kind of connecting to, you know, reaching an audience or impacting people or, you know, even in your, you know, whether it was preaching sermons or whatever, how did all those things kind of, kind of tie together? How did they kind of think through that or talk through that? Um, well, I think there is still, and there is within me a conflict between the artist and the minister. And it has taken a very long time to recognize that the role of the storyteller is an important part of faith and of society. And it's in the stories that people begin to, I think, connect with others who may even be very different from themselves. So they're willing maybe to read a story before they are to perhaps enter a relationship with someone different from themselves. So I think stories can be um, really great for people to connect to others. They can be a, a source of healing. So it took me a while to, to honor the role of writer or storyteller. I come from a family of preachers, so being a pastor was, was very revered and honored. So it took me a while to kind of say that being a storyteller is just as important as being a pastor of a church. And I think you're able to reach more people. Um, so so I, it's been a lifelong journey, and, and sometimes there's still a struggle for me. You know, how do I be an artist? and a minister, and, and those two worlds are sometimes skeptical of each other. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not always been easy, but I think in some ways the tension between the two actually makes for better storytelling. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Yeah, I, th- I think there is, yeah, there's kind of a weird uh, skepticism about art and faith and as if they can't talk to each other. Uh, no, I like that. And uh, so so take us back a little bit. So you, you know, you're in seminary, you're, you've always been a journaler, you began to tell or, or began to write down and, and kind of where did that begin? Tell, tell us a little bit about that journey. Oh, yes. Thank you for that question. So 
in the class Harlem Renaissance Literature, we read a book entitled Cain by Gene Tumor. And it was it was just this to me, this is this masterful way of telling a story and there are like these um, short narratives of slave women and they're held together by these different poems and I just loved the way the Gene Tumor was telling the story of these women. So that really impacted the first thing that I wanted to write. And so I would write these little narratives of different characters. And then it was uh, when I finished seminary that I was able to take some time to work on it and realized all these characters were a part of one story. So ended up then writing my first book, which was actually my seventh book that sold. It was the first book that I wrote, but it was from that class and that particular book by Gene Tumor that kind of gave me permission to try and figure out how to tell a story. So thanks for reminding me of that. that was a, I loved that book and I loved what it, you know, how it excited me and, and how it led for me to begin to learn how do you write a novel. So that was very important for me. Thank you. Now, now, did you have any particular influences when it comes to, you know, the stuff that maybe you like to read or, um, you know, the genre when you're, when you're beginning to kind of write, write these stories down? I mean, was there any particular, you know, idea of, you know, this is going to be kind of more literary, this is going to be a mystery, this is going to be, you know, did you have any of those things in your mind? Um, not really. I, I think later in my career is when I would kind of, kind of think, okay, yeah, I want to write a mystery or I I want to write something lighter. Um, I'm not really counted as a literary writer. I, I guess I'm not quite smart enough to get to that. So I've more sort of kept in like commercial fiction. And yet within the stories that I tell that are labeled as commercial fiction or women's fiction, there is always an element of um, spirituality um, there's there's a lot of hard stories in the stories that I tell, and, and that comes from my experience of being a minister and as a chaplain, because I have really recognized that life is very hard and very messy. So I don't fit in Christian fiction, um, because I think my stuff is a little too messy for that genre. Um, but I think because of being in seminary and because of coming from a faith background, and because spirituality is so important to me, that always shows up in my books. I don't ever intend to write that kind of book, but that's just an important piece of who I am and how I, the lens that I wear in the world. So um, that always shows up in my stories. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 I appreciate your, your honesty there because I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pastor too. And, and yeah, the wrestle of, you know, how do we tell stories that are honest, you know, that aren't, you know, just kind of fluffy and everybody, you know, gets saved in the end and everybody wins. But, but yeah, that's how, you know, when you deal with people, especially as pastors, I always say being a pastor and a writer is the greatest thing because you get to be up close to messy people and situations that, you know, people can't even imagine. And I imagine as a chaplain, you, you see a lot of things uh, every day with that too. And, you know, death and suffering and all that. Um, but, but yet it's, it's, I think that what compels us in a good story is the, the, the relatability because we know all of our lives are messy and we know that, you know, we all are broken and we need grace and we need help. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, I think it's really difficult to, to kind of, yeah, how do you bridge those gaps of what fits in a particular genre and what's too honest or not honest enough or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, so take us back a little, take us a little back, Lynn, when you think about influences, you know, even as a kid, you know, what were some of the books and literature that you kind of uh, ingested that you, you really said, you know, I, I really love these kind of stories or this kind of 
writing or books, our audience always loves hearing kind of either, even if you have some book recommendations or things that really inspired you as a writer. Well, you know, starting way, way long ago, I really was impacted by the stories of the Bible. I'm a Baptist preacher's kid, so we read a lot of the Bible, and um, and I love those stories. And, and I think they're very, they're, I mean, of course, they're uh, important stories of the faith, but they're also very well-written, interesting stories that have an arc and um, flawed characters. So that was probably my first experience with stories in general and loving having stories be a part of our faith. And then I would say once I got to seminary in those classes that I mentioned earlier, they just, they opened my world wide up. Growing up in North Carolina, um, in, in school in North Carolina, we read a lot of old white men and nothing wrong with old white men, but their <laughs> stories never, I, I was never really drawn to Mark Twain or, you know, the stories that you have to read as a sophomore, junior, and mm-hmm. or, or I did, and I'm old. So, um, so I, I had not read a lot that, that, you know, made me feel so deeply connected to characters until I got to seminary. And um, then it was Alice Walker and Toni Morrison and um, Louise Erdrich. And so it was women of color, um, Native American women. It, it, those were the stories that began. Oh, they just spoke to me in a way nothing I had ever read before spoke to me. And that also was the first place where I felt permission to tell perhaps my own story. So, so those, those, and those writers are still some of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth Berg, I like, um, yeah. Any, uh, I, any, it's hard for me to think. Yeah. Any, <laughs> any newer writers that you would, you would recommend or say, you know, they're, they're doing really great stuff that maybe we haven't heard about. Ah, um, well, okay. So let me think of this woman, Kathleen Dean Moore from Oregon. She is a philosopher and a nature writer. So in terms of nonfiction, she has been, I just love everything that she writes. Um, Mark Nepo is a favorite writer of mine. So these are more nonfiction. Um, lately, I've, I've been reading a little lighter when it comes to fiction. So I've just been reading some mysteries. So I don't have anything right now on my shelf that I can recommend, but I, I always read everything Louise Erdrich writes. I love um, Barbara Kingsolver. Um, Tony Morrison. So, yeah. Those are great. Those are great. Uh, so, so tell me, Lynn, you've written quite a few books, over 20 books. And, you know, obviously you've grown a lot in your craft and, you know, from that first book in seminary and, and to where you are now. And so, so tell us a little bit, I always like to talk to our writers about process. You know, how do you kind of keep that, that, you know, inspiration going, the ideas flowing? Like what, what does it look like when you kind of have an idea and you're ready to put it down on, on paper? I mean, is it, is it, you know, to get ideas from everywhere or how does that, that kind of work when you're thinking about the next, next project? So generally it starts with something that just intrigues me. Um, I wrote a book called the art of flower arranging and, um, it, that was not my idea for a title by the way, but anyway, um, I was, I was sort of wrestling with the notion of can beauty save us? And I began always to just kind of think about beauty and focusing on beauty. And I'm mostly mean in nature. So that's when I thought about flowers and um, did a lot of research on the healing properties of flowers or what they've meant um, to different cultures. And um, so that's how I started and then decided that the main character would be a florist. So that kind of was how the idea of the book came about. When I'm writing that kind of story, so separate from mysteries, I never know when I start out what's going to happen. It really is more about. 
figuring out who the main character is and then just as some writers have said follow them around for a while mm -hmm. and I'm always surprised at what happens on any given day of writing um, I like to have whole full days to write it's very hard for me to compartmentalize so I've been lucky that there have been seasons when I can take some time off and work it usually takes me three months to write a book if I have whole chunks of days to work mm -hmm. Obviously, when, when I am working full-time, I have to take what I get. So I try to work on Saturdays and then edit throughout the week and then maybe have a late afternoon and evening where I'm creating again and then do a lot of editing. So And that then takes a lot longer than three months. Mm -hmm. um, what I also discovered, which I would love to talk to other creative people about, but, but going through some very difficult experiences in the last year, I realized that one of the first things to go is your creativity. And I think um, it makes sense that when you're s sort of struggling or facing things you had not prepared yourself to face, I, I just think you kind of go into this um, mode of self-survival. And, and so being creative is, is a luxury. I have realized, too, um, that that's kind of... I mean, we're able to be creative when we're not happy, but generally to be able to express that creativity takes discipline and effort. And I think when we're down emotionally, that's that's a difficult thing to do. So I grieve that when um, I am in sorrow that I'm not able to write new stories. I'm able to journal and I'm able to, you know, do some of those things, write exactly what I'm feeling. But um, I all that to say I, I haven't been as creative in the last year as I used to be um, so that that not quite answers your question about how the process of writing but I have now come to a different season in my writing life which was sort of a surprise and and not a very joyful season mm -hmm. well no I appreciate you being honest about that because I think a lot of writers don't talk about the you know if you want to call it the dark side or or just the times where we we feel like we just don't have anything to put on the page or you know the the creativity just isn't there and and everyone goes through it and I don't think enough people talk about it you know it's not always just this nice climb you know up to heaven but it's it's yeah sometimes it's a slog sometimes it's hard to get you know a few sentences on the page so yeah I appreciate you uh you sharing that and um, so, so talk us through a little bit, Lynn, just as, as you, you know, kind of think about your, your process and, uh, what you've kind of been learning over, over the years, you know, how has your process kind of evolved from that first book to, to now? Is there anything that you do differently or anything that you've learned along the way that might help uh, other writers? Um, these are such beautiful questions. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, one of the things that I heard a writer say, um, as I've been on this journey, her first book that she didn't even know how you know, she didn't know how to start a book, and I don't think anybody does. So what she did was she typed in all of Toni Morrison's book, the Beloved. She just typed it in her her computer, and then deleted it. And what she was doing is she just wanted to see what it was to feel a story come through her. And yes, it was someone else's story, but she wanted the experience of just knowing what it was like to write beautiful words and to have a story be told. Um, and I loved that. And so sometimes um, I will do that when I'm stuck is just, um, I will just write somebody else's words for a while just to kind of, I don't know if it's a confidence builder or just kind of gets you in the mood or, or, you know, the habit. I'm not sure, but I love that thought that I've learned on the past. Um, 
The other thing is that I learned that when I get stuck in writing, often it's because I think I know what the character is going to do, and I'm just sitting down and doing what, what I think where the character will go next. And usually I have to stop and um, go outside, and, and I'll think about the character, and, and I'll kind of say, well, since what I'm saying isn't working, what character speak to me and kind of let me know what would be the natural organic thing that you're doing and uh, it's you know I mean it sounds kind of what mystical mystical and all woo woo but mm -hmm. there there is a sense of my understanding of writing is is like channeling the story um so mm -hmm. I've learned that over the years um I think reading it out loud is very helpful that's that's my best editing. So my husband will listen every day after I've written a chapter. He'll sit and listen to me. And it's not as much as his any of his response, but it's more just reading it out loud. Because I can tell before he can, but we will we always agree where something isn't quite working. Because either I'm bored, you know, and I'm thinking, <laughs> well, if I wrote it and I'm bored, this is never going to work out in the marketplace. So I think reading reading what you write out loud makes a big difference, too. So those are a few little things I've learned. Those are really great. I, you know, a couple, I mean, just to, to say a little more on a couple of those, you know, one is, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, you have to outline to death and, and those, and those are fine, but I, I like what you were saying about, you know, letting the character kind of be what it needs to be he or she. And, and there's something about that. You know, if you outline everything out from the beginning, it's like, you know, a lot of times you feel like you have to force them into being what they want to be on the page. But maybe you say, no, I, I think they need to go over here. They need to say this or do this. And I love that. And then, uh, yeah, the reading out loud is is great. I think you pick up so many, you know, clunky sentences or um, I was listening. I'm actually out of one of my books was just the uh, audio version was just coming out and he, you know, he sends me, you know, uh, edits and stuff. And you know, it's funny listening to it is such a good exercise because you go like, oh wait, that that's not right. You know, I got to fix that. And uh, something about the yeah the audio. Um, and there's something I think when you get lost on your manuscript if you're using a computer uh, or even writing, it's like you look at it so much that you miss a lot of things too. Um, and something oh, about yeah, right, re re reading it out that you catch a lot of those those typos or just clunky funky sentences. Oh, I love that. Um, so so Lynn, so you you know you've written all these books. Um, you know, had some success and, and, you know, gone through some things and, um, you know, what, what keeps you going, um, even in, you know, the downtimes, what keeps you going, you know, uh, completing that next, the next story, what, 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 what's kind of your motivation, uh, especially for those that I know a lot of us have, you know, gone through tough times in our writing or, you know, had some success and then maybe we're not seeing it like we were, once were, but you know, what, what gets you up in the morning to keep writing those stories and telling those stories? Boy, um, yeah, cause I, I am reaching a new season um you know 20 books i've had the same agent been fairly successful in being able to have my books placed and last year's books where i had been with the bigger houses um the bigger houses didn't want my last book so we went to a smaller publishing house um and then now my agent is having such a difficult time she doesn't um take any new fiction and she's you know she's ready to retire because it's become so difficult for agents to place any fiction, um, it's it's just such a difficult time now um, to to get into the publishing ha houses because they're only doing the sherbet, so they spend all their money on the big names, mm -hmm. and then they only pick up a few um, what are called midlist writers. So I'm at a different point now that I kind of saw coming, and um, several of my friends who started when I did as uh, a mid-list writer in the late 80s or, oh, no, not then, um, like 
around 2000, things were still good and people would take chances on first-time riders or mid-list riders and throw some money our way. But that is becoming just harder and harder. So my next step is could be self-publishing. And I think the good thing is that that is much more reputable than it was 20 years ago. Um, in terms of money, you can make as much money as you do, even with the big houses anymore, because the advances are so low. So I'm getting ready to kind of learn about that industry and what that means. And, um, you know, in terms of the work you have to do as an author, I would not be doing any more marketing on my self books, self-published books than I've had to do in the big houses because they don't, they don't do a lot of marketing for mm -hmm. you. So, so in terms of the work that I will do, it probably won't be any different. Um, I'm, I'm now looking for another agent. So I feel like in many ways that I've had to start all over again and the way things are now, you know, having written 20 books and been published by Harper Collins or St. Martin's or Penguin Putnam doesn't really count. It's, it's really what your last book was and how your sales are. So, you know, honestly, 20 years in the business and it really doesn't count for a lot hmm. to get my next book published. So yeah, it's hard times for sure. So to answer your question, which I didn't <laughs> about what gets me up is uh, still realizing and you know, it makes me tearful now because in a really difficult time last year, I did sit down and write something. And I, I realized that writing is the most engaged in life that I am. And so even in the midst of the dark times, having written something, I just wept in gratitude because that is how I feel connected in life and with the world and with my creator. And so so it doesn't matter about publishing or a big house or a small house or self-publishing because I know what it does for me. I, I'm committed to doing it and want to keep doing it because it engages me in life. Um, and if, if it has that much of a deep, if it's that much of a deep and spiritual experience for me, then I can hope that it would be the same kind of experience for someone reading it. And so, you know, that's, that's the real reason we write anyway, right? To connect right. with others and or our own souls or mm -hmm. so, yeah, well, that's what gets me up and keeps me going yeah. back to the computer. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I know, uh, you know, a lot of people actually be encouraged by just, you know, it is the, the publishing landscape is changing and it's difficult. I mean, it's always been difficult. Um, but, uh, you know, just the opportunities we have with indie publishing, self-publishing, um, you know, you have a big backlist, you know, you're obviously not a, a newbie. And so, you know, people will find your work and, and that's exciting. And I, and I love what you're saying. It, it, I have so many writers on the show that it's not about money. It's not about fame. I mean, if you want to be, get that writing's probably not the, the way to go. Uh, but it is about healing. It's about expressing yourself. It's about, you know, doing this because we don't, honestly, we don't, a lot of times we don't know why we do it, but it's like, we have to do it. And, uh, and, and I, I just hear that, that in your voice is just the, the, whether anyone reads it or not, it's like, this is good. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and, uh, and I think that's great. Uh, just to, to remind ourselves that, yeah, when it's hard, it's, it's, uh, it's still having that opportunity to, to do what we love to do. And, and, um, you know, it sounds like, you know, in the past, obviously you've had great success and you'll continue to in the future. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, it inspires me. So, um, so Lynn, as we uh, kind of get to the end of the interview, um, one question I'd love to ask our guests is, you know, if there's you know, one or two or three kind of what I call 
kind of writer truths, uh, things that you've kind of learned along the way, you know, that you'd want to kind of impart some of your wisdom to, you know, maybe someone just starting out or maybe they only have a couple of books out, you know, what would be some things you'd want to tell kind of a, a writer that's, that's just getting going or, or it's been around a while just to encourage them in their writing? Well, um, so the first thing is that you, you are worthwhile and your story is worthwhile. And so don't, don't be discouraged in thinking that somehow you, you won't ever be as good as somebody else or the story that you want to tell isn't meaningful enough. That's just not true. And, and our, our stories resonate with lots of different people. And so just keep writing your story. I would say that. Um, I would say, secondly, don't worry so much about selling it or who's going to like it. Just get the words on the page first. Write the story first and then worry about an agent or a publishing house. So don't get three chapters. I mean, write the whole thing and finish with that and then go out and look for marketing or where you might take the book. So put the story down on paper first. And, um, yeah, the other thing that I find has been important is not is not to talk so much. <laughs> it's like to go to places and just listen to people and listen to how people talk to each other so that your dialogue can be more authentic and listen to um, – how somebody tells something going on with them. Pay attention um, to what your your environment looks like. Y you know what what does that house look like? Be able to just to tell in a page. You know what are the details of that house, and so pay attention. And then keep reading yourself because you can't you always you can't go wrong ever just reading what other people write. Even if you hate it, you still you still are reading stories and you're still seeing what other people are doing. And, and so that's always important too. No, that's great. I think that's, that's wonderful um, uh, advice. You know, you're worthwhile. Um, your story's worthwhile. Don't worry if it's selling, get the words down, you know, listen to people. Those are the really good things. I think that's where a lot of newbie writers get stuck to is like writing realistic dialogue, how people actually sound and talk and, you know, incomplete sentences and things like that. Um, well, that, that is really, really helpful. Um, so a, as we kind of wrap up, give us uh, just kind of, you know, what's your latest book that people can go and find or what you're working on and then kind of where can people find you? Thank you. Um, so my last book that has been published came out last year. It's called The View From Here. And it is about a woman who is a forest ranger and climbed up a tree and ended up staying for about three weeks. And um, how when she pulled herself away from her life, was able to gain this new perspective on her life and particularly around the issue of forgiveness. So um, that book is out there. It's published by New South Books and you can find it at Amazon or um, any bookstore that if you ask for it. So there's that. Um, the book that I was working on that I'm trying to sell now is a, is a book about a, um, a dog because I, I did the thing that I just told you not to do and <laughs> thought, what book would sell? And I thought, people love the dog books. So that's what I wrote this summer was a dog book. So we'll see if that works or not. Um, the first place I submitted it, she said, I sort of have a hard time suspending my belief that a dog can talk. So I'm, I'm not sure it will sell or not, but that was what I, that's what I've been working on. Well, that sounds great. So where, where can people find you, Lynn, all your work? <clears throat> Um, so my website is just my name, lynnhinton.com, L-Y-N-N-E, Hinton. Um, so you can find out more about my books there. Um, and then I have a Facebook page. So those are probably the best places to start. Um, uh, you can contact me from my website if anybody has any other questions or um, wants to find out a, about a particular book. I'm, 
wide open for contact and happy to talk to anybody, especially writers. So. Well, great. Well, Lynn, this has been such a, a blessing and thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom and your insight and your story. And uh, you really helped a lot of people today. So thank you so much for coming. Bye. Well, and thank you so much for inviting me. Um, it just, I, I guess you could hear the emotion. It was just so nice to have the recognition of a writer because that's been put on the back burner for a, for a few months. And so to remember, yes, this is a part of who I am. Uh, you don't know what a blessing that is for me. So I think this is much more for me than for anybody else. So thank you so much for looking me up and inviting me to be a part of the show. And thank you for what you do for writers and particularly those of us who you know, are faith-based writers. And uh, so thank you so very, very much for this. Well, my pleasure, Lynn. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Well, there you have it, prolific writer nation, Lynn Hinton. Oh, me, oh, my. That was something special. Thank you, Lynn, for coming on the show. Go check out Lynn's work. Uh, she has a ton of books out there uh, that have garnered her great reviews, and uh, she sold a lot of books. And I just love, 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 love just her honesty, her vulnerability, the struggle, that, that writing is a struggle. And there's ups and there's downs. And she talked about her traditional publishing career and how that's kind of gone the other way. And now she's looking for other avenues. And it's just, it's, it's hard out there to go the traditional routes. And so I'm so thankful for an indie community that's supportive and uh, even just considering that, even those that have, have gone different paths, uh, that it is difficult. But you can find that group of people that, that are going to love your work and, and buy your stuff and, and support you. And, and, uh, and so, and also just the, the, the power that writing has uh, to heal. And, uh, and I've, I've talked to many guests on this show where they talk about the, the therapy, the healing of just being able to express ourselves, being able to get those stories out, being able to deal with our own pain. And, and I can say wholeheartedly that that's been, been true for me. It's, it's a great way to express our anger, our pain, our frustrations, our lives, and, uh, and do it through art and do it through storytelling. And, uh, and so this is why we have the show. This is why we want you to get more words on the page and get your message out into the world. So thank you for stopping by today. And before we go, just a couple things, as I mentioned earlier, check out those writing resources on the writing and on the prolific writer.net. Uh, go download, go download those. That, that would be great. Um, and help you out and uh, hopefully be encouraged by those. Um, also I mentioned before the last few weeks is I'm working on a writing course, a free writer's workshop. And so if you'd like to get on the email list, I'll put that on the, in the show notes. Uh, I'll keep you apprised when that will be ready. Um, and then there'll also be a paid course that's coming down the road too. I'm really excited about So that'll, that'll take a little longer than I, I anticipated, but I want it to be the best that it can be and, uh, and serve many, many people. Um, so you can be more prolific. And, uh, if you'd like to support the show, patreon.com is a, is a great way to do that. With a little bit of support, you can support this show and also the 21 other shows on the Project Entertainment Network. I'll put that in the show notes. And then lastly, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes, that would help us out a ton. Thank you for all your kind comments as well. I'll put that in the show notes. Just help us get the word out and uh, and, and get more writers uh, getting exposed to our show and, and readers as well and uh, get more words on the page. And that's what we're here to help you write fast, often, and well. Well, hey, this has been another privilege and honor to, to be able to do this and to serve you. And I hope it helped you. I know it helped me a ton. And uh, I just have one more thing before we go get more words on the page. And this is Ryan J. Pelton, the prolific writer, and I will talk to you real, real soon.
Join us each Wednesday on the Mondo Method Podcast, brought to you by Project Entertainment Network. The Mondo Method Podcast features authors Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buda as they discuss the writing process from both the veteran and the novice perspectives. Each episode ends with a segment called Marketing Morsels, where expert publicist Aaron Sweet Almahari teaches everyone how to promote their work and sell more books. Check us out on the Mondo Method Podcast on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network. Have you tried finding tickets for any live event lately? It's impossible to keep up, and prices are crazy. That's why you have to check out Gold Star. Gold Star makes it easy to discover the best in live entertainment in your city with instant access to awesome events and special ticket deals. Concerts, live theater, comedy, dance, food fests, immersive experiences. You name it, Gold Star has access to special deals you won't find anywhere else with savings of 50% or more. Go to goldstar.com and use code DCPOD to save $10 on your first purchase. That's goldstar.com, code DCPOD, to save $10.